Welcome in to the Freeze Frame Podcast. I'm Zach Freeze. Episode one. Now, if you didn't listen to episode zero, I would invite you to go back and uh, and do that now. I kind of explain what I want to do with this show and how I plan to to format it and what's going to happen with my my other podcast, the Rally Cap. Um. So if you haven't done that. Um, go do that. Go listen. Um, as I, I mentioned in that, I don't want to turn this podcast into me rambling on for 30 minutes about college basketball. But I think after kind of considering it, I think it would be a good idea before, um, you know, for five, 10 minutes before, you know, hopefully I have an interview, at least most episodes before the interview, give five, 10 minutes as to what's going on in college basketball right now, what's happened uh, over the last couple days. Um, just give a little bit of insight, what, what stood out to me. Um, I think that's, you know, something I, I think can help a little bulk up the podcast a little bit, make, give, give it a little bit of life instead of me just, just doing the interview. So I'm going to do that um, hopefully every episode. And again, I don't want to turn it into, uh, me going solo for 30 minutes. I don't want that. I don't think you want that. So um, let's just start with Purdue. I, I want to start with with Purdue. They're number one right now, obviously. Um, and they, they dismantled Penn State last night. They uh, Zach Eady's a monster. Everybody knows that, though. Like Zach Eady coming in, everybody knew he was going to have a, a, a solid year. Maybe not to this extent. 22 and 13 is are crazy numbers, but the backcourt, uh, those freshmen in the backcourt, Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith, have continued to blow me away. I'm, uh, I'm blown away by these guys, and they're both pretty unheralded kids. They're, they're, you know, neither one came in with a, you know, super, you know, highly thought of, but here they are. They're, you know, key members of the starting lineup for the number one team in the country. And last night, neither of them played great, but. Braden Smith had nine assists. You know, they, neither of them shot the ball well. I shouldn't say played great. Braden Smith played a good game. Um, he had he had nine assists last night, um, and you just don't see that from some freshmen too often, especially guys that are not your five stars, not your four stars, really. Um, and they've both shot the ball incredibly well. Braden Smith shooting forty percent from three, forty five percent from the floor. Even Fletcher Lawyer, not quite. Um, as efficient, but still 39%, 36% from three for freshmen in college basketball, who typically they don't shoot it well. That is, uh, that's special. These, these, they've been special. And then, um, I mean, last night, Mason Gillis scoring 29 points. He's kind of been a glue guy. He's taken a little bit of a backseat this year in terms of, you know, the scoring, but, He's just a glue guy. He's and he's a really, really good glue guy. Um, Purdue really blew me away. They're they're really good. Um, I'm I'm really impressed with Purdue. I, I do think I think they can win it all. I know it's crazy to say, oh wow, what a take! The number one team can win it all, but this year is weird and different. And I mean, Purdue is definitely not the most talented team, but they just I don't know. They they have. They have the size with Edie, 
and their guards have been really good. Um, I, I like what I've seen from Purdue, and they they have experience too. Gillis has been around. Um, you know, Brandon Newman's been around. Ethan Morton's been around. So I, I really like this Purdue team. Um, and they've got Zach Eadie's the National Player of the Year, and they've got these freshman guards that have blown me away. So props to Purdue. Um, good stuff there. Kansas, another team I, I really like, and they got they got on that three game skid, and it's so rare. You know, Kansas. Bill Self doesn't lose three games in a row very often, right? Um, it just doesn't happen at Kansas. And he even said he wasn't that worried about losing three games in a row. Like, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't feel like it's a crisis. And, and times when they've lost three games in a row, he feels like at times he's felt like it's been a crisis in other years. But they went on the road and beat Kentucky, which – you know, they, they got the revenge from last year. Kentucky went in and kicked their ass at Allen Fieldhouse. And, um, they, it was a very business, business-like business trip. I mean, they, they controlled the game. They looked like the better team. They were the, they are the better team. And they went to Rupp, and they, they won. And, um, I, I think the biggest thing with Kansas, though, is the, the, the one thing you have to be at least a little bit concerned about with Kansas – is their size and their depth inside. And K.J. Adams has played played well. I, I give him a lot of credit. He's developed quite well. But that would be my one concern with them in the tournament. Now, Jalen Wilson can play, obviously, the four. Um, but in terms of interior, you, you face a team like a Purdue. Purdue, I feel like, would be a tough – that would be a really tough matchup for Kansas. I don't know how well Kansas would match up with Purdue. But uh, credit to KJ Adams. I mean, he is he has played extremely well. Um, had a big game against Kentucky, scored seventeen. Um, and then obviously, Dewan Harris at point guard is about as steady as they come. Just really good with the ball. Uh, great defender. Uh, so I, Kansas is back. Then they they beat, of course, they beat Kansas State, lost to them in Manhattan, and then they follow that up with a with a win. So they lose three in a row. And again, this again, they they just control. They 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 never felt like they were they were going to lose. Um, it it was a it was a strong, just a strong showing for them. And Kansas State, I mean, they're they're a team. They're lethal offensively. You got Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel. But, man, they, they did a really good job of, um, you know, at least making them work. Like, both of them got over 20 points but weren't very efficient. Um, and then they, they hit the glass pretty hard. Um, Kevin McCullough had 13 rebounds. I think Jalen Wilson had eight rebounds. So, uh, Kansas is back. There, there was maybe a little bit of a concern. They lost three in a row. I still think they're going to win the Big 12. I really do. I think um, it's going to come down to the wire. It could be a share with a couple other teams, but I really like this Kansas team. Um, quickly, I'll, I'll move to Alabama. Alabama right now, they, they – Nate Oates' team last year, they were an enigma. They took some bad losses, but they would also they could also go out and beat a team like Gonzaga – I think they're just so much more well-rounded this year. Um, 
Last year, they were a terrible defensive team. I believe they were outside of the top 70 in defense at Ken Palm. Um, this year, they're top 10 defensively. Um, man, I really like that team. Alabama, they have, and John Rothstein was mentioning it, They like, he compared Brandon Miller to Carmelo Anthony, and I could see that comparison. Brandon Miller is that good. I mean, right now, man, he's he's been the best freshman in the country, I think, pretty pretty clearly. Um, Brandon Miller has been incredible. He's an elite three-point shooter, shooting 44% from three, averages 19 a game, eight rebounds. Brandon Miller is that type of alpha that you would need. And, of course, you know, he's a freshman. They're not. It's not just him. Noah Clowney's really good as a freshman. Um, Mark Sears, the transfer from OU, um, they've they're pretty they're pretty they're pretty deep now. Um, they've got uh, they've got some guys, and then Javon Quinterly, who's been there for what four or five years, he's he's a guy you forget about. He can pop off for 20, 25 point night. So. Um, Alabama destroyed. They beat Vandy by 50 right after they lost to Oklahoma by 30. And um, they do always kind of you, – you fear that volatility if the shots aren't falling. But I, I don't think that's a worry this year. Brandon Miller is that good. I think he could carry this team. But not even carry. But he's he's the clear alpha. I think he could take this team to a Final Four without question. Um, I really like this Alabama team. And then my last two things – I want to talk a little bit about Cincinnati, uh, my hometown Bearcats. <sighs> Last night they beat a terrible Tulsa team um, on the heels of a heartbreaking defeat at Houston, which they went toe-to-toe with Houston, played a great game. But it feels like they're they're starting to play a lot better, though. It, at times they were uneven. They, and last year it was so weird because they would play – really well against like SMU or at home against Wichita State. They'd shoot it well. They'd look good. And then they would play just so terribly against like Tulsa on the road or USF at home or, you know, UCF on the road. Like they just had some clunkers, but it feels like they're getting a little bit more consistent. I know the results have got to get there in big games. They still have to win some big games. Uh, the the Tulsa or the Memphis loss at home was was frustrating. They played bad in the first half. But these last, I mean, three out of these last four games, they've played really well. And I get it. Tulsa's awful. Like, yeah, they're terrible. But the the Houston game, something flipped there. They looked, it, it looked like a light bulb went on where they were focused. They looked like they had a good game plan. They were ready to play. They were they they looked like they expected to win. It wasn't like Last year when they played Houston, they, the doors got their doors got blown off, and it was just like a snowball. This year they they played and looked like we can go in here and win the game, um, and I think that's a great sign. And hopefully they can keep it up. They we, they need to end the year strong. They're not going to make the tournament unless they win the AAC, but hopefully you end the year strong. Um, and and they've got plenty of winnable games left. So, um, props to props to West Miller and the guys for. For getting it going a little bit. And then last thing I want to mention, and um, 
I don't want I don't want to get too big on a soapbox. One thing that really pissed me off, that irked me, was uh was Jim Beheim. And he's these last couple of years, he's gotten in this grumpy old man phase that's really I don't know, it's rubbed me the wrong way where it just feels like he's on some pedestal and how dare anyone question anything or have any sort of question. Some student reporter at Syracuse asks him a fairly normal, totally fair question as to why Benny Williams wasn't in the building. Benny Williams, a starter at Syracuse, was not there, was not at the game. There was no reason given pregame, and it was said he would it would be addressed in the postgame. First question is about where Benny Williams is, and Bayheim acts like it's, you know, Really, that's the most important question you got, he said, something like that. And uh, just saying saying this kid had an attitude. He had no attitude. Get a grip, Beheim. Like, really? It's a totally fair question. Just answer it and get on with it. But instead, he's got to make it. He's got to be a grumpy old man with it just like a like, – like, like it was some sort of like – impossible question to answer just say where he is and move on um that just pissed me off behind has been pissing me off these last couple of years just going after these reporters or and and coach k did it last year i guess with that one student reporter but totally fair question you gotta disparage the kid who's just trying to do his job so that's about all i got for uh for the i don't know what i'm gonna call this with the the rundown I don't know that's been used. I don't know how many times. Um, I'll, I'll come up with something for next episode. But um, thanks everybody for listening. I've got a interview with Mark Adams from ESPN. ESPN analyst um, was great with his time uh, and gave some really interesting answers about who would be on his coaching Mount Rushmore uh, Hall of Fame or, or coach Mount Rushmore of coaches. Um, so. Without further ado, here's Mark Adams. So uh, now on the uh, Freeze Frame podcast, uh, welcome on to the show, uh, ESPN college basketball analyst Mark Adams. Mark, uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, I want to. I start by asking pretty much every guest the same question: What's like your What's your earliest memory of college basketball? Whether it be like a, maybe you're watching it on TV or uh, or you were at the game or what's is there an early memory you have that kind of stands out? Yeah. When, when I was five or six years old, this would be 1961, 62. So I'm really old, Zach, by the way. <laughs> and, and I remember black and white television. And I remember the old Missouri Valley conference games where the Cincinnati Bearcats would be playing. And my dad was a big Cincinnati Bearcat fan. My, my grandfather was a huge Oscar Robertson fan. And my older brother, Tim, who's five, four years older than me, uh, he also was a big UC Bearcat fan. Now, I didn't really understand or exactly know what was going on, but I knew there was a lot of excitement when the Bearcats were on TV. And I remember seeing these arenas, these smoke-filled arenas. You know, it was different back then. People smoked, actually smoked right. cigarettes and cigars and stuff in arenas. And I remember these, these musty arenas where the lights shone down, you know, on the floor and it fascinated me. And so uh, from that point in my life, I became a fan, not necessarily a Cincinnati Bearcat fan, by the way. I actually grew to be more of a Dayton Flyer fan during that time. 
but I've always enjoyed the Bearcats and and so in, in this region, you can, you know, root for, for Dayton. If you root for Dayton, you can't root for Xavier. If you root for Cincinnati, you can't root for Xavier. Yeah. But I have two sons that have graduated from Xavier. So, you know, <laughs> I'm conflicted all the way around. Right. It's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a UC, you know, I, I'm a UC grad. I get it, you know, just the, the whole, the rivalry thing. I know you graduated from University of Cincinnati in yeah. uh, 1979. What do you what do you remember about those days in in Clifton being a being a student on campus at, at UC? You know, I commuted, so I played baseball and basketball at the small college and junior college level, and then I transferred to Cincinnati really out of a, a financial convenience. I could afford to go to school there, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I met a lot of great friends. In fact, Jim Bolden is a really good friend of mine. Uh, that that name sounds familiar. It should. Oh yeah. Color Bolden, of course, uh, played for the national championship teams. The Bolden name in Cincinnati yep. is synonymous with great college basketball. And he and I became great friends. And I got my degree in physical education in 1979. And I just remember, especially my senior year, how much fun I had because I had so many credits built up from my previous academic, you know, times. And then at Cincinnati, that the last term of my senior year, I took like volleyball, basketball, <laughs> a, da- a dance class that was off the charts. It was great. You know, I mean, I, I just, I just messed around and did stuff. I, it was like, it was like club med for me. I just, I just had fun the whole time. So I have really fond memories of yeah. my time as a Bearcat at the university of Cincinnati. So, so then you, you go on, you're a coach for, for 17 years, you were all over at central Connecticut and Rocky mountain college, Western yeah. Oregon. When did you realize you wanted to to get into coaching and really pursue that? Really early on. You know, I wasn't a great player. I was an okay player. And I realized in high school, uh, I was 15 years old when I got a chance to coach fifth graders at uh, at Forest View and then Kemper Heights. And then I, I ended up uh, coaching sixth graders, actually, at Forest View Grade School in Forest Park on the northwest side of Cincinnati. So here I am, 15 years old. My father coached peewee football. I coached with my dad. My dad went six straight years without ever losing a, a football game. In fact, right over wow. my head, that's our team picture right back there uh, from wow. 1968, his first undefeated team. And I'm in that picture as wow. a player. And so I really got the urge to coach early on. I had some success with those grade school teams. My dad drove me to practice when I was 15 years old, you know, and, and I just got the bug. And I, I remember, Zach, that over the years, that I would tell people, even as like a, a sophomore in high school, someday I'm going to be a college basketball coach. And and people just kind of looked at me like I was a Martian. But my dad told me that I could do it. He never wavered in his support of me. And so at the, at the end of my term at Cincinnati, I wrote to 125 schools and I got 124 rejections. But one response didn't say no. And that was Idaho State, where I showed up on Lynn Archibald's doorstep, the head coach there, God rest his soul. In fact, Patrick Lynn Adams is named after Lynn Archibald, my first boss. And I stayed there for seven days outside of his office and just listened for what was going on, what needed to be done. I cleaned the locker room. I fixed a hole in the wall. I fixed the window. I did all this stuff. And Lynn finally says to the other assistant coach, Marty Holly, and by the way, my other twin son, James Martin Adams, is named after Marty from that staff. And Marty said, well, Coach, uh, Mark Adams is doing all this stuff. And Lynn, finally, after seven days, I'm running out of money. He knows I want to stay on as a GA. And he takes me down the hallway and says, Mark, you see that desk down there? I thought he wanted me to move it. Okay. Yeah. He said, 
that's your desk. You've earned the position. That's how I got into college coaching. I wore him out. It's that simple. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, that's that's awesome. 100, 120, all it takes is one out of 125. Yeah, I learned the same lesson with my wife. I didn't think I had a shot, <laughs> but I asked her to dance anyway, and I recruited way over my head on that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, throughout your college career, I know you've you've probably had a chance to, you know, at least stand across the sideline or interact with so many great coaches. And I know I've, I, I've you know, heard your story about um, – Kelvin Sampson, you were sitting in a bar with Kelvin Sampson one time and he told you he was going to be, you know, um, a successful Native American head coach. Yeah. But who would be, this is a tough question, who would be on your all-time Mount Rushmore of college coaches? So my mine is going to be really different than most. Um, yeah. I am a small college guy. So, so the names that maybe you're looking for, <laughs> other fans are looking for, don't even make my list. I mean, not, uh, you know, I'm 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 uh, in a small college hall of fame, at Rocky Mountain College. I have a scholarship endowed in my name, and and I think that small college coaches are are the best coaches, you know, around. And uh, I think a guy like Marty Holly. I mean, I beat Marty Holly one time, you know, and 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 I was lucky to win that time. They were awful that night, and we were really good. Uh, Marty won the NAI national championship, of, of course. Uh, Kelvin Sampson, you know, we, we coached against each other 10 times. Uh, I was fortunate to win four and one of them that we won sent us to the national tournament in the NAIA. We won the semifinals, then won the, the next game. And Kelvin actually went to Kansas city to support my team, sat right behind my bench. Uh, Danny miles, who's won over a thousand career games at, at Oregon tech. You know, those would be guys that stand out in my mind. Uh, you know, it's interesting, Zach, I, when, when Houston went and beat Virginia, I called Kelvin. This was on, on Christmas Eve. Uh, I had sent Kelvin a text. I said, that was probably your best road win ever. Okay. Well, we hooked up on the phone. He called me back and we started talking. He goes, Mark, that wasn't my best road win. He goes, I snapped Marty Holly's home court 56 home court win, winning streak. Then we went and beat Northwest Nazarene and Nampa. Then we beat Eastern Oregon. That was my best road trip. You know, so I think you can see that it's not just me. Even a guy right. like Kelvin Sampson is coaching against everybody. And I coached against Jim Calhoun, not to be disrespectful to any of those level right. coaches. But uh, to me, those were the best coaches I coached against. And frankly, it's not close. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of uh, of Houston, you, you get to call a lot of AAC games. And um, obviously, I mean, they've been uh, – They've been really good this year. I'm a I'm a Cincinnati guy. I'm a Bearcat guy. Um, what have been your impressions of Wes Miller so far uh, in the in the Wes Miller era in his first two or year and a half, I guess, so far? Yeah, I, I think the the word that comes to mind is respect. I, I really respect Wes a lot. Uh, we certainly have have developed a, a mutual trust and friendship during that time. He is first and foremost a great teacher. Uh, that's what I really like about him. And I think that's what's lost sometimes in coaching today. Cor coaching has become, in some some ways, very corporate. And so you can't be distracted by all the stuff. You, you've really got to be focused in, how do I make better people out of the people in my program? And how do they teach them the right way to do things? And I think Wes is a really, really good teacher. The other thing is, I think he has great attention to detail as a coach. I mean, I've watched them prepare I have a pretty good idea of the system that they use and even to the minutia 
that they go to. Now, would I go to that level? No, I, I wouldn't. But I admire people that have that, that singular focus on what it really takes to be successful and what it really takes to win. And there are different ways to do that. And, and part of part of Wes's secret sauce is that he is very detail-oriented, I mean, extremely detail-oriented. And he holds his assistant coaches to a very high level, high standard when, when meeting that expectation, as well as his players. And then the last thing about Wes that I really enjoy, and I'll call it connectivity, how he connects with, with people of today's generation you know, I coach sixth graders today, and, and I really enjoy that. I, I like that connection. Um, I like connecting with players. David DeJulius has, uh, I'll call him a friend. I really like David a lot. Uh, Victor Locken, same thing. I really like him a lot. There's a lot of guys on that team that I really like and respect. And But, but Wes does it in a way that he can balance that head coaching persona along with that mentorship that many need to be successful and to come back from their own personal challenges like David DeJulius has, for example. And I think Wes has had a, a big part in David's development, not just as a player, but as a person as well. And I can say that about all of his players. Yeah. I, I love, uh, I love Dave and, and Vic too. Uh, big Vic's taken a crazy step this year. I can't, I can't believe how much just the, the step he's taken. And I think he's just scratching the surface of how good, um, he's going to be, I, I'll, I appreciate your time. I'm going to get you out of here with a couple rapid fire questions, just real right. quick. Hopefully I'll be but, fast enough to answer them. <laughs> oh, favorite arena to call a game in best atmosphere. Uh, either the roundhouse in Wichita or the Dayton decibel dungeon, UD arena. Oh yeah. Love UD arena. Yep. Um, best team you've seen in person this year. Uh, Houston. Yeah. I was going to say Kansas, I, Kansas is close. Right. Houston. Now, and also, I know this is supposed to be fast, but I've got a few minutes. Oh, so yeah, take your time. <laughs> just, in this past, just in this past 11 days, okay, I've called number two Kansas, number one Houston, number 14 TCU, number 13 Kansas State, and on Saturday I'll call number nine Tennessee. Yeah. So this UC Bearcat, you know, who's been a, a mid-major guy my whole career, when you think about those kinds of teams, I, I pinch myself. That's I awesome. never forget where I came from, and I'm and I'm still that mid-major guy. But you know what? It's been it's been a hell of a ride over the last eleven days. Oh, that's amazing, Kansas State. Kansas State's they're really good. That, last night, yeah. that was that was amazing. You know, Zach, um, I'm, real quick, I had a guy on Twitter tell me uh, mentioned you know me on Twitter and said, "Boy, if he would just chill out a little bit, he might get some big games." <laughs> oh, oh, really? Yeah, you've seen. <laughs> You've seen like three of the best 10 teams in the country. So yeah, yeah. Um, what about this? This one's a little harder to answer. Best player you've seen this year. Uh, this year, this year. Um, I like Jalen Wilson a lot at Kansas. Hmm. I like Norchad O'Meara a lot at Miami. He's a monster of a rebounder. Just, yeah. I, I like blue collar guys, you know, mm -hmm. um, my favorite player since broadcasting would be Fred Van Vliet of the Wichita State Shockers and now with the Toronto Raptors for sure. Yeah, he's he's a good one. Fred yep. Fred's a good one. Yep. Um give me a how about a dark horse final four team that people aren't paying attention to or maybe you a team maybe a team you could just see going on a run, a Cinderella team you could see going on a run. Uh watch out for Florida Atlantic. The Owls yeah. are really really good. Mm -hmm. Uh Dusty May has done a tremendous job uh, with that. And Conference USA, by the way, 
somebody could come out of the conference USA, a, a UAB, somebody like that. Um, you know, I, I think that, that that league, North Texas, Grant McCaslin's a really good coach. Somebody out of that league could mm-hmm. emerge as being a surprise team. Conference USA has the fourth best non-conference winning percentage in the country this year. Wow. Fourth best out of everybody. So that league's loaded. Uh, Pat Kelsey at College of Charleston is just doing a tremendous job there. You know, I picked Dayton, actually, in preseason to make the Final Four. They're injuries at guard now. Right. And I don't know if those guys are coming back or not. Uh, Dayton's been pretty tight-lipped, I think, about whether or not those guys are going to be available if they'll come back. Because they're playing without guards right now and still winning. If they get if they get Malachi Smith back, just one of them. Mm-hmm. Or Kobe Elvis back, two of them. Then... Dayton could be one of those teams that emerges as well. Yeah. And my last question, totally unrelated to basketball. It's being a Cincinnati guy. What's your favorite restaurant in Cincinnati? Um, Boy, there's a lot of them. So I like going across the river to Pompilio's for Italian in Newport. I was born in Newport, so I kind of have some roots there. Um, I really like that for special occasions, the Adams family is uh, not averse to going down to the boathouse, you know, and okay. having some ribs. Absolutely. We like that. If we want Mexican, we love Mount Adams. We go to El Barrel. We love okay. it up there. It's a really neat, you know, atmosphere up there. Uh, those would probably be my go-tos. I'm not a Skyline guy. If I want pizza, I love La Rosa's. Me too. Um, but, but I also enjoy, um, you know, the Dayton stuff up here too. So it just kind of depends. Well. There you, there you go. I lo- I, Montgomery Inn. Can't go wrong with Montgomery Inn. Montgomery no. Inn's always good. Well, Mark, yeah. this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you just taking minutes, a couple minutes. I know you're busy. Um, what, who who you got? What's the call? What's your next call? Yeah, so I leave tonight. I fly out tonight. I've got um, Wichita State at Memphis. I'm going to unveil my favorite Memphis Tigers of all time. Okay. And my favorite, and maybe my favorite shockers of all time. I might save that. And I've got to actually got to do two iterations of shockers of, of all time. And then more recent, because there's some guys there that I, I have to acknowledge as well. So I'm really excited about that. And then uh, the last thing I'll leave with the two, Christmas time. And for big occasions for my wife's birthday, golden lamb in Lebanon. If you've okay. not been to Ohio, you've not been to the golden lamb. If you love history, got to go to the golden lamb. All right, I'll have to I'll have to check that one out. I've heard I've heard good things about the Golden Lamb, but uh, Mark, if you like history, you'll love it, Zach. All right, I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Mark. And my uh, pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Thank you.